Hi friends, I'm Kara Kay. And I'm Elizabeth. And this is the Asking for a Friend podcast. A show for the woman who has questions about herself, the church, and the world. We are providing a safe space to engage in tough topics. But don't worry, we know you're only asking for a friend. Hey, Kara Kay, how are you doing? Hey, I am doing awesome. How about you? Doing great. It's kind of a pretty uneventful week, which is nice to have. Very nice. I like those. Yeah. So today we are going to discuss marriage and answer the question, am I too strong for my husband? We are so glad that so many listeners chimed in on this topic because we love getting your feedback and your insight. We will definitely include some of your thoughts during our time together today. So stay tuned for that. All right, Kara Kay. I want to know, have you ever felt too strong for your husband, Brooke? I would say there's a few times that I have felt like, I don't know if strong is the word, but definitely like there's times that I have had really big dreams and like wanted to do a lot of things. And he's like, he has to rein me in. But in our marriage, I have never really felt like I'm too strong. But I will say that when we look at um, our personality types are very different. So that doesn't necessarily like become a struggle with us. Okay. So talk a little bit about your personality types. How do y'all function together? I am an Enneagram one and he's an Enneagram seven. And so he's like all about fun. All he's super laid back, but he has a really strong eight wing. Okay. That's what Um, I was going to say. I feel like he's a pretty strong personality. Yeah, so he has, like, he's very strong. He's very, I hate to use the word opinionated because he does our audio producing. He's going to listen to this and cut <laughs> that out. Um, he's opinionated about things that he's passionate about. Yes. Um, which I think we all are. Yeah. The cool thing is, like, he is more laid back in ways that I am not. Mm-hmm. And so we really complement each other well in that. Like, I am super type a i mean i like to the point that i take medication because i have ocd Mm -hmm. and i want everything in order and i want you know those types of things with the house but he's like we've always joked that he doesn't see dirt oh and so you know it's like i'm like you know panicking cleaning the house over something he's like oh that was dirty i didn't even realize and i'm like oh my gosh you know and so (laughs) that i think has a big um impact on our relationship and the way that we function. Yeah. Um, but I definitely don't think that I am somebody that, you know, I don't think my personality type overpowers his. Yeah, that's good. That's a that's a gift in marriage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have felt too strong for my husband. Um, and a lot of it goes back to our personality types, like we were just talking about, yeah. Enneagram. So we were actually in marriage counseling probably about five years ago. And I remember our counselor told us, you know, have you ever heard of the Enneagram? And we hadn't, but we have done um, marriage ministry and engaged couples ministry for about 12 years. So we've done a lot of personality tests and gifts tests and things like that. So when Mm -hmm. she started talking about the Enneagram, I was like, look, lady, I don't need one more personality tool. Like I could diagnose you right now. Okay. And I was a little prideful and she said, you know, Elizabeth, I think you're a three Brandon. I think you're a nine. Um, she handed us some printouts that she had come with. And she said, I want y'all to take these home and read them for me. And we left. And again, I was so irritated with her that I didn't read them. We show up the next week and she said, well, did you read your handouts? And I was like, no. 
Like, I got this all figured out. And she said, I need you to go home and read. And so we did very reluctantly, but it was such a game changer. And I think that's why I'm really passionate about the Enneagram now is um, because it helped us so much. So as, yeah. So as a three, I have a lot of energy. I like to do a lot of things. I am pretty outspoken about my opinions, but um, I don't think I'm as abrupt as maybe an eight. And I don't like conflict. And I think I used to think that I didn't like conflict because I grew up with such unhealthy conflict. But the more you study the Enneagram, it shows that threes go to nine in stress. And Mm -hmm. nines do not like conflict either. They like to sweep it under the rug, pretend everything's fine. And that's very much my husband, like on a day-to-day basis. Um, He is a nine. He just likes life to be status quo. He doesn't like highs or lows. I mean, he's just even Steven all the time. Right, right. So then you send me in there and it's like I kind of um, create some waves sometimes that he just it's it brings him anxiety to deal with the difficult things. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so we've definitely had our challenges of me being too strong, him being too laid back, which again, they always say the thing you love most about your spouse is the thing that's going to drive you the most crazy. And mm-hmm. he's so laid back, which I love, but it is the thing that drives me the craziest. And I I've told him before like, you know, I don't want to be that nagging wife. But when I ask you to do something and you don't do it for six months or I have to ask you five times, then you turn me into this nagging wife. Right, right. So I think that's where our big struggle is, is just balancing my um, my determination and my ability to get things done with his passivity and just easygoing nature. Yeah, I see that. It's a hard balance. Oh, for sure. It is so easy for us to walk into parenting knowing exactly what we think we will and will not do. We typically take our own experiences and create in our minds the perfect parenting scenario, and that's exactly what we set out to achieve. Then we actually begin raising our children and realize every child is completely different and nothing like we expected. I have a new book coming out March 1st called Together, a journal for mom and me a guided experience connecting moms and kids to God and each other. This journal provides an inviting place for moms and kids to talk about both the important stuff and the everyday stuff, whether it's your favorite vacations or Bible verses. This unique journal gives families space to learn about each other and presents opportunities for growth in their relationships with each other and God. The journal is intended for kids 8 to 12, really creating a sweet relationship between your kids before they enter the teen years. Pre-order your journal now through Amazon, and the book releases March 1st wherever books are sold. So what role do you think the church plays into marriage relationships like this? Um do you think that the church supports women that are strong, that have strong personality types? Do you feel supported in that way? Mm, such a good question. Well, first of all, I've heard on several podcasts and from Suzanne Stabile, who wrote The Road Back to You, or she co-authored it. She uh-huh. says that most women in traditional church, when they do the Enneagram, they think they are a two because that is the helper. Yeah. The nurturer. That's what I thought, too, when I first took the test. Yeah. So I wouldn't say I've always felt that held back, but there have been times when maybe I wish I could do something in the church 
that fits my giftings that I haven't been able to do because I'm not a man. And yet I see them using a man who's really not gifted in that area. Yeah. I think this goes back a lot to what we talked about in our Women in the Church series is, you know, the church puts men in positions just because uh, they are a man where there's a lot of women that are more gifted and experienced and, you know, capable of doing specific roles and things. And so I definitely see that sometimes that the church can be, you know, maybe a little frightened by a strong woman because, oh no, is she going to come in and take over? I think about that John MacArthur quote that we talked about a while back, you know, the women are going to come in and they're going to take over the world and, you know, all these things. And there's nothing wrong with a strong woman. And I think that women who do have strong personalities that are maybe a three or an eight, they feel like they have a bad personality that Mm -hmm. like, I I see sometimes women, like if you ask them like, Hey, what's your person, you know, what's your Enneagram number? And they almost feel apologetic. Like, Oh "Oh, yeah, I'm an, I'm an eight, but I'm a nice eight or Uh I'm a three, but I'm not like that extreme, you know, like I feel like I see that. And so Yeah. So that's a struggle. And I mean, I get that too, because I'm a one. And so I do have a lot of strong tendencies with things. And, you know, I have to be careful with that. Like, I don't want to correct people. And I don't want to do those things because I don't want to be like seen as too strong. And, um, you know, I don't want to be like brushed aside because I can't do anything because I have a strong personality type. Well, and it's, I mean, a lot of leadership books have talked about this just like in the secular realm that when women are opinionated, they are difficult. And when men are opinionated, they're just being assertive. Or just being a good leader or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I do often worry about if I speak up too much, will I be perceived as being difficult and you know, controlling and and things like that. Right. So I do probably hang back more in the past few years. I've hung back a little bit more. Do you feel like in different cultures that I feel like when I think about strong women, Mm -hmm. I feel I think about different cultures. Like I feel like in some cultures, it's like women are expected to be strong Mm -hmm. and they're expected to be like these big leaders within their families or within their community. But then other cultures, women are expected to be quiet and not talk. Like they're not allowed to talk to men in public or anything like that. And so where do you think this plays in? Oh, yeah. You know, as America being like a melting pot, I feel like we are, we have such a mixture of different types of women here in our Mm -hmm. culture. Well, one of our listeners actually wrote in, it's funny that you mentioned the different cultures. She quoted my big fat Greek wedding, which I had forgotten about this. Oh, yeah. But it's the one where the mom, she says, listen here, Tula, the man is the head, but the woman is the neck and she can turn the head any way she wants. Any way she wants. Uh, I love that. I remember that quote. That's kind of like that uh, maybe quiet leadership in the home. Right. Yeah. Like, let him think he's leading, but really, you're the one driving the ship. But actually, I'm in charge. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's very true. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. Let's transition a little bit and talk about the issue of sacrifice when it comes to, you know, kind of being strong in our families. One of our listeners wrote in, um, Samantha underscore Curry. She talked a lot about how she's a go-getter and she's a firstborn and her husband is a lastborn and more go with the flow. So it makes it seem like she's really intense and it's hard for her to slow down and let him lead. 
But here's um, the quote that I wanted to read. She said, choosing to submit is something we're called to do. So regardless how hard it is, we need to obey God and put on the armor of God to keep back the lies of our culture. When we start thinking we shouldn't have to submit to him for X, Y, or Z reason, then we need to stop and evaluate ourselves for pride and sin issues. It's hard, but biblical submission, barring abuse, is a beautiful thing. We can be fierce for our men in marriages, going boldly before the throne in prayer for him and encouraging him so he feels your support and is willing to step up rather than stand back because of our domineering and controlling attitudes. It's a worthy and worthwhile effort. So. <laughs> wow, that's good. Thoughts on that. Yeah, that's very good. Um, I have seen this a lot, I think. There was a series. I don't even remember who did this. Um, But there was somebody that was talking about how she was basically the spiritual leader in her home Mm -hmm. and was sharing stories of other women who are the spiritual leader and how how much of a burden that felt like for them and how how hard that was um but i think it goes back to this as well like even if you feel like the stronger spiritual spouse and even if you do feel like the spiritual leader you still, as the wife, we still are in a place of submission. Yeah. And that's not as ugly of a word as people have made it out to be. Yeah. When we're in a healthy place with it, then it really is. Like she said, it's a beautiful thing. And so, yeah, I don't think submission and sacrifice are bad in any way. It just shows us a picture of Christ. I like what she said about we need to obey God and put on the armor of God to keep back the lies of our, our culture. And I think if mm-hmm. we think of it in those terms of like, hey, I need to put on the armor of God so that I can submit, so I can surrender, so I can obey God and honor my husband, it almost takes off a little bit of the pressure of like, I have to yeah. do this out of my own volition or, you know, I need right. to tamper my thoughts and tamper my words. But it's like, no, just put on the armor of God and he will equip you to know when to speak your mind, when to speak, yeah. when to be gracious, when to listen, because I'm yeah, guessing absolutely. all women need to listen more and talk less. The great thing is that God made us all. He made us with our strong personalities, with all of our opinions. He knew that we were this way. Yeah. But when we are submitting to him first and walking with him, then it's easier to submit to our husband and have a healthier, you know, marriage relationship. And I love what she said, too, about, you know, if you're having trouble submitting, stop and evaluate yourself. Like, is there a pride or a sin issue? Like, is it? do you right. just want to be right? Or do you just enjoy yep. being in charge? Does it go back to your childhood and maybe some unhealthy example you saw in your parents of leadership? Right. So right. lots of reasons why you could be resisting other than the main issue at hand. Well, another um, quote that we got was from, I love this Instagram handle. It's Corky Quinn. That's cute. (laughs) Okay. She says, I want him to be the leader, but often have to take charge when he can't. He's in the army and is currently deployed. When he gets home, I have to give up control of the way that I have been doing things. I can offer suggestions, but ultimately have to let him do things his way. So tough. Wow. Yeah. That would be tough having to lead your family. And then all of a sudden your husband comes back home and it's like, okay, flip the switch. Now he's going to lead. That would be difficult. I have a friend that's there in uh, the Air Force and she's talked about that before that when her husband was deployed for a time, they would like get into a routine at home Mm -hmm. where she's the boss. She's in charge. Like everything goes through her. And so it's really hard when he comes home to get back into a you know, routine of a partnership. So yeah, I get that for sure. 
Well, I say this in my own marriage when my husband goes to trial, like he did just a week ago, or if he just yeah. has a big case or something. And he, I think three days went by this week or last week and the kids didn't see him. And so, yeah, I get really good at being independent and not needing him. And then that turns into pride of, um, you know, I can do this on my own. I don't need him. Yeah, or I can do it better on my own. Oh, yeah. So here's one more quote that we got. Um, Natalie Francis Health wrote in. She said, sometimes I have to remind myself to back off. I'm meticulous by nature, which that kind of reminded me of you. Yeah. Yeah. She says, I'm meticulous by nature. So when he doesn't do things my way or deal with a problem how I would, yeah, it's a struggle to stand down. Okay. Yep. But I love it how it kind of goes to what you just said. Sometimes we just want them to do it our way. Like we, yeah, we get really good at doing things. Yeah, we do. And it's like, it's funny because Brooke will be like loading the dishwasher and he can see me like eyeing him across the room and he's like, are you going to come do this behind me? (laughs) You know, and sometimes I do get in my own way and I get prideful and I just like push him out of the way when he's trying to be helpful. And that's just ridiculous, you know, things like that. And so we do have to learn to get out of our own way and stand down when we need to. Yeah. As we wrap up here, do you have any last minute thoughts or advice to someone who is thinking, yeah, I do feel like I'm too strong for my husband and it's a real problem in our marriage? I think I would say you need to have open conversations with him. Mm -hmm. And if you guys cannot come to a place that is healthy together, then you need to find someone to walk through that with you. Yeah. Because there's nothing wrong with having different personalities. Like we both just said, we have very different personalities from our husbands and, but it takes work to get to a place of health and, um, we just have to learn to live with each other. And, you know, my husband has to learn that I am going to panic if everything is not the way I like it. And I have to learn that he doesn't see dust and, you know, that's okay. (laughs) And we get to a place that's like, we understand how each other function and, we can be healthy in that and we can learn to sacrifice a little bit of our own personal, you know, wants and needs to have a better and healthier marriage. Yeah. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I think embracing grace, because I think for strong personalities, grace is difficult sometimes. Um, Giving Mm -hmm. yourself grace, giving your spouse grace. I would say, you know, the best piece of advice my husband gave me was we're on the same team. And I think looking at it from that teamwork perspective of, hey, I'm not so focused on getting my way and I'm not trying to prevent you from getting your way, but what is the best for us and our marriage and our family? And I think if we can approach it yeah. from that perspective, it's a lot easier to let our husbands lead. Yeah. Cause I think we fight against them so often that, cause we want to be right or we want it to work our way, but we are on the same team here. So we have to stop fighting against each other. Well, and I'll say there's been so many times that and I hope my husband doesn't listen to this episode, but there's been so many times I've wanted to do something and he's maybe held me back a little bit or just like cautioned me Mm -hmm. because I can go out guns a blazing and I have reluctantly, you know, followed his lead and it has turned out so much better than if I had just gone in there, you know, and just gone in there and acted first and thought later. Maybe he does need to hear that. (laughs) He's doing a good job holding you back when he needs to. (laughs) Maybe. Okay, let's take a break now and hear from one of our sponsors. We live in a noisy world, one that clamors and calls for our attention 
and lays on us demands and expectations we were never meant to carry. Now, somewhere along the way, we began to chase the urgent while missing out on what's most important. And we started to believe the lie that we hold all things together, when in fact, it's Jesus who does. As we start a new year, do you feel it in your soul, the call to a different way of living? This is why we think everyone needs a faithful life planner. The faithful life planner isn't your typical planner. The goal of this planner is faithfulness over success and purposeful living over simply staying busy. This planner will not help you run faster. It will help you slow down, listen, and linger to God and walk in the plans that he has for you. Get your faithful life planner at faithfulmoms.org planner and use the code for a friend for 10% off your planner. We love ours and we know you will too. All right. So Elizabeth, is there anything that you are reading, watching, or listening to that's maybe helping you rethink the world around you? Well, if we're going to stay on this topic of strong women and their husbands, I want to recommend a book that I do not think people should read. (laughs) So I'm turning the tables a little bit here. But have you ever read Love and Respect by Emerson Egerich? Um, I haven't. I feel like we talked about that in a previous episode. Oh, gosh, probably so, because I'm pretty passionate about Uh, this. Yeah. So it basically says all men want to be respected and all women want to be loved. And it puts them in these boxes. But really, like when you look at your Enneagram, so I'm an Enneagram 3, we have a high need for respect and to feel valued and to feel like we matter. And love is not high on our radar. And I always tell my husband, I don't need you to tell me you love me. I already know I'm pretty lovable. Like, I need you to respect me. Yep. (laughs) And then he's a nine. So, you know, he is more, a little more tenderhearted. He is more sensitive about certain things. And he does need affirmation of, hey, I'm here for you. I love you. I want the best for you. You know, what can I do to support you? So he needs that a lot more than I do. So I just feel like the book is really stereotypical of men and women. Yeah. But I will recommend my all-time favorite marriage book. It is um, Sacred Marriage by Gary Thomas. And so the premise just, what if God created marriage to make us holy instead of happy? So what about you? Okay. um, Since we talked about this book a little bit, I'm going to recommend it. Um, It's called The Road Back to You. Uh It's by Ian Morgan Crone and Susan Stabile. And they, it's all about breaking down the Enneagram. And so Brooke and I read this together last like last summer. And man, it was just so helpful. And there's actually another one called The Path Between Us. Yes, that's the one I have not read. No, that's the one I have not read. I haven't either. But it's all about healthy relationships, you know, talking about the Enneagram. So that's one that I'm going to put on my list. So I'll say I recommend it just because I've read the other one and we love their work. And so I think those are super, super helpful in creating a healthy marriage and really just understanding What's your husband's, you know, what their personality type is and what their motivation is behind yeah. it. Because that's, I mean, that's why we love the Enneagram. Because it's all about what motivates you to act the way you do. And yeah. so it's just really helpful to kind of see through their eyes of why they function in that way. And yeah. that helped us a ton in our marriage. Good recommendations. Okay, friends, thank you so much for listening today as we chatted about marriage. And we answered the question, am I too strong for my husband? 
Join us next week when we will have a special guest with us. Her name is Ashley Abercrombie, and she has an incredible testimony, so you will not want to miss it. We are going to be answering the question, how do I love broken people? And as always, we'd love if you guys could go leave us a review on iTunes. This helps people connect with us. And you can also go follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at The Asking Pod. Each week, we're always posting new questions and things we're discussing on the podcast. And just like we answered some of your questions here today and discussed them, we always want your input on topics we are discussing. You can also connect with each of us on Instagram. I am at karak.james and Elizabeth is at elizabethoats underscore. And finally, keep asking questions for a friend.